the things that we are seeing today is truly a true reflection of humanity. Uh, uh, we are only seeing things that are playing out that are being reflected based on philosophical uh, ideologies that the evil one has begun to play out um, and has unleashed on our society. Um, it's not a coincidence, uh, the virus things that we've been dealing with. It's not a coincidence, uh, the riot things that we've been dealing with, the negativity, the fighting, uh, all the political stuff. It's not a coincidence. It's only a reflection. And I want us to think about that. What are we reflecting and this morning, as we look at Psalm 112, and, and I'm just so thankful for the way that Rob set us up uh, for this, to understand what God is trying to help us to see as we deal with things going on around us. And I hope you realize that, and you ask that question, what are you truly reflecting we are only piggybacking on what we have already talked about, and that is righteousness, being right. I mean, our whole world is focused on what is right. Well, they spent years since the 60s beating it into everybody that there is no right. And now they're trying to force down the throat what is, everybody says is right. Do you wonder why we are struggling They can't seem to decide whether there is a right or there is no right. And because of that, we are seeing reflected in the what is going on in and around us today. What are you reflecting? What are you gazing upon in order to reflect? What is consuming your thoughts? What is consuming your time what is consuming you emotionally? And it all has to do with righteousness, being right. I want you to think about this. As believers, we are consumed with trying to be right before God. But the reality is this, even with sin and confessing our sin, being open about our sin before a holy God, we realize that our being right is not about what we do. It's only about what has been given to us. We inherit God's righteousness, not a righteousness of our own. And as we think about that, I, I want you to realize that we struggle, many of the struggles in church, many of the confusion in church, many of the arguments in church really centers around people trying to be right, but not reflecting the righteousness that comes from the righteous one. Because there is no good save the Lord. There is no good except that which comes from God. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man. But in the end, it leads to destruction. How much of that do we see being played out right now in our society? And as we look at Psalm 112, I'm not going to 
break out every aspect of the righteous man. As you see the title, the the reflection of the righteous ones or the reflection of the restless ones. Are you the righteous ones or are you the restless ones? We see a restless world around us. And so we want to look at this. I'm not going to look at all what, what should all of this look like. I want to look at this main point of what are we reflecting? Because what we reflect is more important than how good you can be. Because how good you can be can only be based on the righteousness of God. So let's pray and ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord, we live in a very interesting times. It, it, it doesn't reflect the, the persecution that we've seen all through history. There have been moments in time that are much worse than what we see right now. Um, there's been more troubling times, and yet, but we live in very uncomfortable times. How do we know what's right? How do we know what's wrong? How do we know what to follow? Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, that you, yourself, that resides in all those who proclaim your name, who are saved, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would give us wisdom concerning these things. Give us answers this morning that come from you, not from a wisdom that is earthly, but from a wisdom that is from above, that does not change that is sure, that is steady, that is our rock. And may it be our fortress in this ever-present time of need. Thank you for all of those that you have blessed us with here at our, our group, our assembly, our church. As we fellowship together, pray for those that can't be with us this morning for one reason or another. Several families that that are dealing with different issues, and I pray that you would bless and encourage them and that we would hold tight to one another, both physically and spiritually, praying for one another, asking that, Lord, you would hold our church together in these times and that we would proclaim your name as Lord, as the one to be feared, that we might have confidence in the day in which we live. We praise you for these words of life. Bless us with them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Basically, the idea of this psalm is the righteous ones that reflect the righteous one. The righteous ones are those who are righteous who reflect the one and only righteous one. So the subject is the blessedness or the happy life of the righteous man. But you got to understand that Psalm 112 is only a reflection of Psalm 111. By the way, forgive me if I say 11 and 12. Sometimes in my notes I dropped off one of the ones. So there is... I'm going to read actually Psalm uh, 11 in a second, so don't confuse that. But but the idea here is is you can't understand 112 
without 111. When, 100, when Psalm 111 was written, it was written, and then out of Psalm 111 came 112. By the way, you remember the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one, the second greatest commandment flows out of the first. You don't see that in the English translation, but that's actually what it means in the Greek, that it comes from. And the second greatest commandment is an outpouring of the first, and that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the same idea here. You can't take 112 without 111. It's like the sun and moon, right? You wouldn't know there is a moon without the the sun, right? The moon, it has its purposes. God created it for a very specific reason, but it's amazing how you would never know it was there unless you saw the reflection from the sun. It's, it's very important to realize that every night we see this moon and it reflects the glory or the brightness of the light that shines forth from the, the sun. It is very important for you to understand as we as listen to Psalm 112 and as we look at Psalm 112 and as you reread it, I, I pray today or tomorrow or sometime this week that you realize that what we see about the righteous ones, as, uh, and we think about us as believers, that we are only a reflection in our life and the glory that we have and the things that we have in our life is only because of the reflection that comes from God. What you see in this psalm is only here and only experienced by God's followers because of God. Not only is our salvation only because of God, but our, but our life in Christ is only because of God. That's why it's important as we talk about the gospel, right? The gospel isn't just get saved and then forget about the gospel. The gospel is for us every day of our life. That's why he said put on the, the, the shoes or the gospel, uh, you know, and the readiness, the good news. Strap them to your feet and take it with you through the day. It insulates you against the things of this world. It's important at our house to throw on boots. When I throw on the boots at home, I don't worry about what is outside my doorstep. But if you come to my house and you just wear nice shoes, you better look where you step. We have roaming turkeys, roaming, lots of roaming things, sometimes roaming pigs. But, but yeah, but we never worry about, what, about our property because we just wear our boots, right? Not really our kids. We have to shower them off every day because <laughs> shoes and boots are optional with our kids. But here's the thing. The gospel is made for every single day. I love this psalm because it helps us to realize the importance of God in our life every single day. While Psalm 111 declares the glory, the brightness of 
God's character, Psalm 112, speaks of the reflection of the divine glory of God that shines bright in men that are born from above, that are saved. We read in Psalm, actually Psalm 11, verse 7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Those are, are, who are upright are beholding or they are fixed their gaze upon God's face. That means that's what is, they're holding on to. A fixed gaze, by the way. You know what I'm talking about? You know when you put up a tent? You know you have those little notches or you, you have poles that slide into place, Right? in a fixed position, right? You want your tent poles to be in a fixed position. What happens when they're not? Right? Yeah. Right. It's important for us to realize that it's important in our life as believers, and especially now as we look at what's going on around us, what is the answer? Is that we have a fixed position in which we're gazing upon in our life. The reality is this, the more you gaze upon something, the more you reflect or even imitate what you're focusing on. Psalm 111, verse 10 says, the fear, by the way, it's a gripping fear, it's a holding fear, it's what helps fix our gaze. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it. Did you see that? All those who practice have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Psalm 111 speaks of the greatness and character of God, the righteous one. Psalm 112 describes His children, God's children, renewed after His image. That's the sound familiar. All through the New Testament, we're told that we're supposed to pattern our life after the image of Christ. The psalm, Psalm 112, cannot be viewed as extolling of man. Here's a work for you to do. Do all these things. For it commences with actual praise the Lord. You notice Look at the very first thing of Psalm 12, 112. Praise the Lord. By the way, another thing is for you to understand is, did you know that Psalm 111 and 112 is a poetic psalm in which it begins with each letter of the Hebrew alphabet? So Psalm 111, each line is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet showing God's character. So it's like a, a, B, C, D, E, F, of a stepping stones of who God is. Psalm 112 is a stepping stone about the reflection of who God is in the life of the believer and then the life of the wicked. Whoop. There we go. I want you to see from the very beginning, the exhortation of the righteous ones. The exhortation of the righteous one. 
we're going to see several things about this psalm as we just do a preview of it. And that is, the exhortation is this, we are exhorted, exhortation means to be exhorted, to praise the Lord. If we are going to reflect God each day, it begins with praise. Say, well, pastor, what is praise? Praise in Hebrew means this, it is a confession of revealing confidence in the Lord. And in this case, the righteous one. We are exhorted to say that our confidence, praise the Lord, because that's where our confidence comes from. It's fixing that gaze and saying that our fear is of God, not of this world. And in that, we say, praise the Lord for who God is. Praise the Lord because of what God has done. It's saying I'm confident in the Lord. I'm not confident in what I see and hear in this world. Along with the Apostle Paul, we must confess, as Paul does in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, he says this, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law. By the way, if we think we can become righteous, if we can follow the things that are in Psalm 112, say, oh, I'm going to strive to be that kind of guy. I'm going to be a good Christian, and I'm going to follow what this psalm says. That's the law. Paul says, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness which is from God by faith. When we praise God, we're exercising faith and saying that, God, my confidence is in you. Where's your confidence? If you're gazing at the television and you're gazing at all the news, you may not have such a strong confidence. But if you are looking at Scripture and you're looking at who God is, you may have great confidence and say, praise the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 2 The psalmist is encouraging us to praise the Lord. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that my confidence comes from God. When we say praise the Lord, we are saying we identify with Him who alone is worthy of our praise. Psalm 96, verse 4 through 6 says, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is worthy of all our confidence. He is to be feared. You see the theme here? Verse 5, He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols. What are you gazing upon? What has got your attention? What are you fixed upon today? Because the gods of this world are just idols. They're just dead things. They're just decaying things. They're just worthless things. They are not lasting things. Verse 6, he goes on to say in the end of verse 5 and verse 6, says, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before God. Strength and beauty are are in His sanctuary. We are exhorted to praise God. How do we reflect God's glory? How do we become someone who reflects 
this beautiful character that belongs to God. We don't work for it. We praise God. The second thing is I want you to notice is the experience of the righteous one. I tried to get all these E's, but do you notice it's the experience? It's not the work of the righteous one. This is what the righteous one experiences. This is important because this is the theme of these psalms. This is what you experience as you praise God, as your fear is God, you begin to have wisdom, you begin to have understanding, you begin to have confidence. And this is what you experience as you reflect God's glory. We are reading about the true experiences of the one who is reflected, a reflection of the one that you truly love. And as we look at, here is in verses 1 through 9, we see these experiences. We see, it's a, as we read, it's, we see that he is a God-fearing man. That's the experience of a righteous one that is reflecting God. He is a God-fearing man. In our verses, the one who fears the Lord. He is a lover of God's word. He delights, basically, in our, in our text, it says, he delights greatly in his commandments. You see the very first two things that are reflected in one who is reflecting God is one who fears the Lord and loves God's word or God's commandments. It's pretty interesting. He is a prosperous man. This is not health and wealth prosperity. This is not the prosperity gospel. This is, means that his needs are met for in abundance. I'm always amazed that when my stepdad, my adoptive dad, when he always comes to me, it's like, how do you have all this? You're just a lowly pastor who has no money. And I'm, I'm like, that's right. I have no money. But God, because I'm ref- it's just a reflection of the one I serve. He doesn't get it. He's like, I could never give up all my money. I-, I understand that Jesus, I understand that he's the way, the right. He told me this. He understands who God is. He understands who Jesus is. But I just, I just can't give up all my money. But the righteous one prospers. Why? Because of who God is, not because of the things of this world. It's a direct reflection of God. He is a man who makes a home for his family. The text says his descendants, his house, are blessed. The reflection in a righteous man is reflected of a God who makes a house for us. I go to prepare a place for you. It's just a direct reflection. The descendants are taken care of. He is a loving and kind man. Or, you know, he's gracious and full of compassion. He is a helping man. And our text says, deals graciously and lends. He is a helping man. He doesn't see all of his things as his own, but as a way to help others. 
He is a wise man. Our text says he will guide his affairs with discretion. That's wisdom. He is a wise man. He is a strong man, not afraid of evil things, evil tidings. He is a generous man. He has dispersed abroad. It doesn't mean that he has been dismembered. It means that he takes his things and sends it out and gives it out. He is a man who does not abuse power. By the way, when in the text, his horn will be exalted with honor. Doesn't abuse, he doesn't seek power. He reflects only God's power. He is a hated man, right? Jesus said, they will hate you because they first hated me. It's a reflection of God. When they hate the gospel, when they hate the good news, when they hate God, when they hate our worship of God, our coming together to worship God, it's just because they hate God. Sin hates God. Our job is to reflect God. And when we reflect God, the same thing happens. We are hated, abused. Do you see all of these things are a direct reflection of God? You can look at all. I have New Testament passage after New Testament passage after New Testament passage. Every one of these is actually in a command in the New Testament to emulate in Christ. And it's always about emulating Christ. Do you understand the experiences of the righteous? If you are not experiencing these things, then you have to ask, what are you a reflection of at that moment in time? And yes, you will reflect persecution. It's okay. It's a direct reflection of the rebellion against God. If you're a true Christian, you will be persecuted. It's coming more and more and more. Don't worry about it because that means you're reflecting God. I'm not saying you will like it, <laughs> right? But it's going to happen more and more, and more, right? That's why, by the way, do you know that's exactly why in Hebrews 10, 24 through 26, why it says for us to don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we see the day approaching. It's going to be, it's going to get worse, folks. And so it says get together more so you can help one another, encourage one another, lift up one another so we continue to reflect God's glory. We're not here at church to recharge so, so we're better. We're not here because we like the seats. We're not here because we like the, the ceiling or the sound system. Although I, I, I like playing with the sound system. I have to slap my hands and say, Hey, Ben, come do this. <laughs> I like to play with those things. I, I, I'm not here because I really enjoy the way 
that Marianne emphasizes the music on the piano. Although it does my heart good because we're not like making a, a funeral dirge out of some of these beautiful hymns. We're playing them and we're reflecting the glory in which they were written to glorify God. We are here so we can help each other reflect God's glory. That's it. God knew that by ourselves we would be dull, but together we can experience all of this as righteous ones. We can help sharpen each other. We can help shine each other. Where the accountability and the fellowship and the discipleship is so that we become better reflectors. You catch more when you reflect more, right? Any fishermen out there? Yeah. We put reflectors on all of our stuff. So why, what does it do? It attracts fish. So we catch them. We don't... This is what the world has got wrong. We don't entertain non-believers so that way they come to church. We become better reflectors of who God is so they come to God. And we come to church to disciple them to become better reflectors of God. By the way, now I'm really preaching. (laughs) Do you notice the exaltation of the righteous one? If we are reflecting God, God is the most holy, the most glorified, right? When Jesus reflected God's glory, and we see in Philippians chapter 2, At the right time, he was exalted. God exalted him. By the way, if we reflect God, God will exalt you. Look at verse 9. He says, we saw the end of the character. He was distributed freely. He has given to the poor. And then it says, his righteousness endures forever. If we are reflecting God's glory, when does God's glory quit? Never. God, if we reflect God's glory, He exalts you as a reflection of His glory. God wants to be exalted. And if we are reflecting Him, He will exalt you. But if everything is about you, you're not going to be exalted. If everything is about our culture, we won't be exalted. But when we reflect God, we will be exalted. It's better, by the way, than the prosperity movement. Because when all of their prosperity burns up, we will continue to be exalted as we glorify God. But the wicked are not so, right? You see the exasperation of the restless ones? They're restless. Why? It says in verse 10, the wicked sees it and it is angry. It can't stand the fact when we are glorifying God, when we reflect God's glory and we are exalted, even though we have nothing that the world says is important, and we are comforted and we are content and we are prospering, the world cannot stand it. And so they persecute us more. They cannot stand God. 
Because they're rebelling against God. Do you understand that? They rebel against God openly, vehemently. They practice it daily. Open rebellion and hatred towards God. And when they see those who glorify God that are being exalted, it exasperates them. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and he melts away the desires of the wicked will perish. Do you see the, the difference of who you reflect? You reflect God, you're exalted. You reflect this world, and it'll be gone. That's why in First John it says, don't follow the world, the things of the world, because the things of the world are going to be gone. I'm toying with the idea. I'm really struggling with this. Pastors struggle too. I'm struggling with not watching football. I can't stand the way that they've turned football into something that is extremely, well, a game is worldly anyway. (laughs) Right? All games are worldly, whether we play board games or we play sports. or we It's all just worldly. But now it's reflecting, they're using it to reflect wrong things, dumb things. They're not reflecting the game. It's not about the game anymore. There are good things, but they're using, there are good things, but they're not, the good things are being used wrongly for political gain, for other gain. For, that's just ridiculous. I'm not saying God is the only answer for us to live at peace with one another, Right? We are commanded to live at peace with one another. And we don't need a football game to tell us that. But they're not telling us that to live at peace with one another. It's for another purpose. So I struggle with that. I have to change my own life as we grow. So that way I reflect God and not reflect the world. To show what's more important. God is more important. I'm not going to go run into some political field because I want to reflect the Lord. Do you see the contrast between the righteous and the wicked? Please note that. Isaiah 48, 22. Of course, we understand that. uh, We've seen stickers all around, but there... It says in verse 22 of Isaiah 48, it says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. There will never be peace for the wicked, the rebellious, who hate God. In addition, Isaiah says in verses in Isaiah 57, verses 20 through 21, it says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt, right? Muddy sediment, we go out here and Right? You go out to the ocean, you swim. How much can you see? It's kind of like our haze. You can't really see much. You can't even see the beauty of the mountain, right? The, the wicked is like that. It's like a sea that you, it just doesn't, never stops churning up mud and mire. And he says, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked again. Proverbs 16, 25, I already quoted it. There's a way that seems right in the man, but in the end it leads to 
death. In conclusion, 1 John 2, verses 1 through 12 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Don't get caught up in the snare of the evil one. Don't get caught up in the rebellion of the world. Don't get caught up in reflecting the culture of this world, he says. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation. He is the go-between for our sins. And not ours only, but also for the whole world. Remember, Jesus Christ will either be your advocate in mercy or he will be the one adjudicating God's wrath upon the rebellious wickedness of this world. 1 Peter 4, he says, For the time has come for, for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will, it, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Are you one of the restless ones? Or are you one of the righteous ones? Are you one that is being born of this world? Or are you one that has been born in eternity with, through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who stood between God's wrath and bought you peace by dying on the cross for your sins? Do you understand? He, he, he is your shield between wrath, God's wrath, So that way you can reflect the glory of God to all those around you. That's where the lighthouse comes from. We've forgotten. He is the one that shines your light in your life. Not some gimmick, not knowledge, just God. Bury yourself to Him. Are you reflecting the, the restless world or are you reflecting a glorious Savior and our Lord and Master, God our Father and Jesus Christ Himself. That's what we have to answer because we'll either be exasperated or we'll be exalted with God's glory. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for these amazing words that are found in the Psalms. Thank you for the amazing picture that shines bright, that helps us to see the truth about our life. That we, I, Lord, I pray that those here would realize that we don't have to, to keep working to be that kind of person. We don't work at it. We just reflect it. You've done the work. Help us to fear you. Help us to love you. Help us to follow your commandments. May our praise be ever on our lips, saying that we are confident in you and in nothing else. May it hold our gaze 
And as may we be like Moses who comes off of the mountain, Lord, who saw you and saw and beheld your glory. And the people all said, there comes a man who has seen God. May we be that type of church that beholds your glory. And people say, wow, they know God. They have seen God. May it be ever so as we behold and we trust in you and your words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.